All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest around the United States, Canada, wherever you may be joining us live on the Podbean app. It's another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host as always, Zach Mondran, joining me from beautiful Chandler, Arizona tonight. Zach, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Just... uh Hanging in there like me, I'm assuming. Yeah, you know, you know me because we just talked before the show. Uh, I, I've been swamped. Uh, all kinds of stuff happening. We made the announcement last week. You did a great job on the graphic to say that we are now expanding to cover the uh, not the desert southwest only, but the southwest. And uh, I've been getting a little feedback from people going like, "Oh, we like it. We like it. You're covering Colorado and and Utah and uh, Palm Springs." Um, and then I also got some feedback, people saying, like, ah, that's not the Southwest. Well, guess what, folks? It is the Southwest to us. That's where we're covering. We have lots of stuff to talk about tonight. It's another uh, episode, as I said, of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. I'm watching right now, Zach, on uh, on the TV, uh, Tampa Bay leading Dallas 3-2. Uh, just under 12 minutes left in the third period. So we got that going on in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, last week we talked uh, rebuilding, retooling, if you will, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, and you put on your GM hat. Tonight we're going to ask you to put on the GM hat for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then I haven't even told you, you this, but next Monday we're going to have you put on the GM hat for the Colorado Avalanche. Oh. You excited? Oh. You excited? <laughs> you know, I'm just Zach's doing a good job up in Colorado bringing that team up from where they were. So I'll, I'll let him – I'll pitch in. I'll be assistant GM. How's that? Okay. Um, so anyway, that, that would cover the three teams that we have in the NHL. We also have uh, now three and soon to be four teams in the AHL. We've got Tucson. We've got Vegas. We're going to have the Colorado Eagles. And uh, in a couple of years, we'll have the uh, Palm Springs team, which we don't know yet. We know their parent team is the uh, Seattle Kraken, uh, which everybody's uh, fallen in love with quickly. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about the uh, the award winners, uh, guys that have uh, handed been handed out uh, season-ending trophies as we are very near to the end of this 2020 season, which has been crazy. Um, you think about it, Zach. This time last year, there were training camps going on and preseason games going on. Um, and now we're talking about a year later, we're just finishing the Stanley cup final. Yeah. It's a little odd just the way it looks, but um, I mean, it, it's worked out pretty well. Uh, I don't think that uh, there's something that I would change minus the fact of just everything kind of being as it should be. But, you know, I think for everything uh, and how it's gone down, the NHL is, has done a good job. Um, the AHL is is getting getting ready to start their season. I think uh, alongside the NHL, towards they said Christmas, maybe it was pushed back, or maybe the beginning of January. So uh, ACHA is getting ready for January. All we need is for NCAA to to put their poker chips in the center and and go all in and start in January too. But uh, other than that, I mean, I think it's everything's just been hunky dory. <laughs> Yeah, as hunky-dory as it can be in the middle of a pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, as we roll on, uh, like I said last week, we talked about the Coyotes. Since that time, they have uh, announced the, uh, the hiring of Bill Armstrong as their new GM. There will be an official, official press conference tomorrow. 
Um, so our own Seth Askelson, I believe, will be on that one for us and bringing us some uh, some news out of that. Uh, it's different. I mean, uh, you look at the circumstances of the Coyotes right now. We talked about it last week. They almost had to go that route. They had to go to an assistant GM maybe without a lot of experience just because there's so many unknowns that I don't know that they were going to be able to lure a, uh, a big name, and, and that's what they've done. Bill Armstrong is a, uh, from, from all indications anyway, very good with the draft, very good with uh, amateurs and uh, young minor league uh, hockey players. So here's his shot. Um, it's kind of a win-win for him because he can't really uh, falter in this one, I don't think. But uh, we'll see what happens. Your thoughts on uh, Bill Armstrong joining the uh, Arizona Coyotes? Um. I mean, like you said, I think it was kind of best case scenario for him. Um, this is an opportunity to kind of show show what he can do. And if his long-term plans maybe aren't staying in the desert, then he can build a nice resume and show what he can do to other, other organizations. But if he is genuinely here and he wants to be a part of the solution, a uh, long-term solution – um, then I think it's he's been given the keys to the ship, and uh, hopefully he makes some some aggressive moves to either do a rebuild or start with a um, some trades to kind of what we had talked about last week go the Montreal Canadiens route, holding on to some key pieces and just trying to acquire picks and and get some wins in the meantime. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct on that. I, I, we don't know yet. Maybe he'll uh, tip his hand a little bit tomorrow uh, at the press conference as to which way he's leaning. Um, obviously, it's it's a flat cap this year, so it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for every team, not just the Arizona Coyotes. And, um, you know, I mean, there's so much going on. I want to talk uh, quickly before we jump into uh, the retooling, if you want to call it that, of the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, – the award winners uh, that were announced uh, today, I guess, right? Yeah, that was today. So they had just gone through, and I think it was, I think it went rookie, Vesna, um, and then best def- defense, and then MVP of the league. So um, Let, let's yeah, start right start there. The- Let, let's start with the Hart Trophy, because I know that one is uh, poking you a little bit. The uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh Winning over Nathan McKinnon, which I, I don't understand. It it was really a two a two man race, and and I'm still kind of shocked at how that happened. But your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it is a little weird. I mean, not taking any, anything away from Drysital, or I mean, I'm sure people who listen to the podcast uh, religiously know that I'm I am partial to the Avalanche. I mean, that's that's my team that I grew up watching. Um, so I guess you could say there's there's a partial aspect to that but um i mean honestly if you look at it between mckinnon and dry it was between those two horses uh not taking anything away from panarin because he had a phenomenal year with the rangers as well but uh it's just it's a little odd and i know it's the mvp who is the best player to have on the team so it's not just a numbers game right um so and if you look at it, I look at it from a team aspect and what he was able to do. McKinnon's the best player on his team. And if everybody, if everybody's right and McDavid is the best player on the Oilers, then how is that possible for Dreisaitl to win over McKinnon? Um, yeah. And let me just, tell you, 
Connor McDavid finished fifth. He wasn't even, yeah. you know, a distant fifth, I might add. Yeah, so now now is the league contradicting itself that McDavid is the best player on the Oilers and now Dreisaitl is actually that best player and there's talk there's talk of Dreisaitl maybe expendable. That was, you know, very loose, but um, now does this show maybe Connor McDavid is, but it's a little weird. Um, but it's, you know, it is what it is. Edmonton is quote unquote, the league's favorite team. <laughs> I just, just from a, um, a conspiracy standpoint, I don't know that I really believe that, but, um, it's, it's kind of odd. I don't really get it for me. I don't care how many points either of them scored. What I, I mean, it's a factor, but what I care about is, is what they were able to do and the place they were able to put their team. And I would take Colorado over Edmonton any day. And if I'm starting a team, I'm taking McKinnon number one overall. Like that's over McDavid, over everybody. So it's just a little odd, but you know, it is what it is. McKinnon, I, I don't think he really particularly cares about it too much. He wants to win a championship and uh, he's probably going to do it before dry saddle even gets close. No offense, but yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, let's jump to the Calder, the uh, Rookie of the Year, and that again was a uh, two-horse race, if you will. Uh, Kale McCarr wins it. Quinn Hughes is second, um, kind of a distant second. I mean, he lost by geez, uh, four hundred votes or four hundred points, so it wasn't real close. But then when you drop down and, and look at at the rest of them, I mean, they aren't even they aren't even in the in the the contest, if you ask me. So, congratulations to Kale McCarr. We've had a chance to see him. Uh, at the NCAA level, and I think I've said on this program and on others that Kale McCarr is the guy I would start with if I was looking for a rookie because uh, I just think he's got more intangibles right now. I'm not taking anything away from Quinn Hughes. Obviously, he's a very good player, but when you look at his size uh, of Kale McCarr versus Quinn Hughes, you look at the ability to to play defense and offense and uh, and play make. And the one thing that stands out to me, Zach, and I know you've seen this as well, Kale McCarr, when he makes a mistake, he has the ability 90% of the time, I would say, to correct it, either get back, take the puck away again, or make a defensive effort. And that's something I haven't seen with Quinn Hughes. I've seen him very good offensively, but when he makes a mistake, um, and the Vegas Golden Knights did this to him in the Stanley Cup playoffs, is they, uh, they turned it around on him. And um, he became a liability towards the end on defense for his uh, lack of experience, if you will, at the NHL level on defense. Yeah, and it's and it's something that he's definitely he's going to grow into. And if I'm correct, I think McCarr actually played longer in college than Quinn did. Um, yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Kale had maybe one year or possibly two, but. Um, it, it's kind of interesting when you think about the two different scenarios, though. Colorado was able to take him uh, when they had a pretty good team in place, and they picked him for his offensive prowess. Quinn was picked because Vancouver, he, they, they coveted that offensive puck-moving defenseman, but they also need him to play defense. So I think the two different scenarios is the fact that mccarr has been – been given a little bit of free reign to kind of they, – they know what his game is. They want him to play defense. But more importantly, they want him to move the puck offensively, and he just works in that system that Jared Bednar has put in place. 
And um, I think it's 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 circumstantial, right? Quinn is an excellent defenseman. McCarr just I think thrives better in this system. Um, and it's it's I mean yeah, it was it was definitely a two horse race for this for this award. If you look at it, there was only three guys to receive first place votes. McCarr got sixty three more than Quinn, and then. Um, Kublik uh, from Chicago didn't get any at all, and Adam Fox, who finished fourth, got one. So uh, it's definitely these are the two the two guys that are going to be the future of, of puck moving defensemen, I think, in the in the NHL. And I think we're going to see uh, some Vesna trophies split between those guys in their careers. Or not Vesna's. I'm sorry, the defensive. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the uh, the Norris, the Norris. Yes, sorry, I I had uh, I was looking at my screen. I saw Hellebuck, so I got <laughs> sidetracked. Yeah. Well, that's where we were going next, so I don't blame you. Uh, the Vesna Trophy went to Connor Hellebuck uh, from Winnipeg, and without uh, getting a bunch of hate mail from Winnipeg, um, I'm a little shocked. Uh, I know he had a huge yeah. workload. I know he did. Um, and I know he performed very well playing 58 games to uh, Tuka Rask's only 41. But um, when you look at the, the statistics and you look at the team performance and all of that, uh, I don't know. I guess – and maybe it's just me, Zach, but I've never been a big Connor Hellebuck fan. I, I think he's uh, he's obviously had, like we said, the, the games played, but he also had some pretty solid people around him and um, – I don't know. Uh, that's just me. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think the Jets were as good as they were for a few reasons. Um, I mean, Hellebuck did have a pretty good year when you look at it statistically. Um, but it's it is it is shocking considering that you know you had Tuka Rosk, Vasilevsky, Markstrom as the guys that were right behind him and. I know it's not an award based on the performance of the team, but rather the specifically the goalie. Uh, but I feel like the goalie is such an integral part into the performance of the team um, that, and the the Jets definitely were not better than Tampa Bay, and they were not better than Boston. And I'd be willing to bet that they were definitely nowhere near Vancouver. Um, so. It's it's a little shocking. Um, I when I look at Hellebuck, I look at him as as a guy who who is that bridge between the you know trying to find a goalie and finding a franchise goalie. He's not. I don't think he's shockingly outstanding that you need a franchise goalie to be such as like a Carey Price. But I think he's good enough to get you some games and get you into the playoffs as long as he has a very strong team who can continuously put pucks in the net. Um, now, again, not saying that he's not a good goalie because I'm not his shoes and he's a pro. So um, it's just, it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy that he, he came out of nowhere for me, to be honest. Yeah, I hear you. I, I feel the same way. Like I said, I think uh, and people in Arizona would tell you that uh, why did Darcy Kemper not uh, finish higher um, people in Vegas would tell you that, that their goaltenders up there uh, deserve to be higher. Um, so I think there's a lot of debate in the goaltending circles. 
Uh, let's jump to the Norris. Roman Yossi won that from Nashville. Uh, that, again, was a big shock. And maybe the, the common element to this, Zach, is that uh, we're talking about such a crazy season and such a split season that maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it just got watered down, if you will, a little bit. But how can you watch the playoffs, especially this year, and not say that Victor Hedman is the best defenseman out there. I mean, he is just incredible, uh, and he's played through everything. He does everything for that team. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't know how he could not have, have been the league's best defenseman. Yeah, and I think that's kind of – that's always the challenging part of of these awards is that it's the best regular season performances. So for right, the players right. – and again – I that could also be um, my issue as well. Looking at the MVP, you know, it's we've seen more McKinnon than Drysital, but uh, in this aspect, um, Hedman was injured for I think the for a little bit in the season. I'm not quite sure if he missed any games, how many games he missed, but um, that's the thing is we've seen more Hedman like in the playoffs, um, and he has been like. Um, your co-host on Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, is the best player on that team. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to Paul. But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of weird when you think about it is how – but I, I don't. I actually don't think it's weird. This one didn't shock me as well. If I'm looking at, at defensemen, I think I, I actually would take Yossi over Hedman. But that's also, again, based on the type of system that, that they work within. Um, Hedman is a big body. He's going to hit you. And he's going to hit you hard. He's got a very powerful shot. He's a good puck mover. Um, so it's kind of different. But, yeah, considering the kind of the weirdness of the season, you wonder if that had anything to do with with the way voting went or maybe it's just we, you know, in the regular season, you're not looking for the best defenseman, honestly. You're, you're kind of just – there's so much going on. You're just looking to see what what's happening, you know. The trade deadline, who's who might be moved, who's hurt, who's climbing up the standings. So it's really hard when they hand out these trophies during the playoffs because we're judging it based off of, well, what the heck? Yossi's not even in, and Hedman's playing, and he's the best player, and he's in the Stanley Cup. So um, I think that's something to keep in mind, but it's it's definitely – the one that shocked me the most is definitely the goalie. The other the other three I could very conceivably see happening. Um, Dreisaitl I could see, but still I don't I don't understand how McKinnon lost out on that one. Yep. Well, we uh, we got that covered for you. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's start digging into uh, your GM hat on for the Vegas Golden Knights and, and see what you come up with, okay? So uh, we'll be back in about three minutes. Cool. going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable it can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more thirsty after getting off the ice our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, 
you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My uh, co-host, as always, Zach Bondrant from Chandler, Arizona. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, our regular weekly Monday show here at IcetimeHockeySouthwest.com. Okay, Zach, we had a chance to uh, to rehash the award winners. Last week, you gave us a great breakdown on the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights are up next. I know I had a chance to... Uh, to sit in on the Zoom media call uh, when the guys came back after 52 days, I believe, in the bubble. And uh, I commented the other night that uh, I think what I saw, Zach, and what I heard from the players were a realization that they let one get away. They felt that they should have uh, performed better and still been playing and performing and competing for a Stanley Cup. But I also saw a lot of relief. I thought – yeah, they wanted to be fighting for a Stanley Cup, but you could see the fact that there was a lot of, um, what's the right word, uh, tiredness, emotions, things like that from being in a bubble for 52 days. Uh, that being said, uh, rumors have been circulating during the playoffs. Rumors are circulating after the playoffs. Uh, we know the Vegas Golden Knights are in a completely different situation than the Arizona Coyotes. Um, as far as what they have to work with and all of those different types of things. But dig on in. Tell us what you think, uh, starting with the draft and, and how they're going to retool to finally win that Stanley Cup. And I say finally, it's only been three years, but they've had their opportunities, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, and when you said they, they, they feel like they let one get away due to they didn't perform as well as they should have, um, I would agree because uh, beating Vegas in five games in the conference finals, that's 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 a shocker. Um, but I still think that Dallas is definitely that team. Uh, Dallas is a good team, and there's such thing as – I'm a, psych, a pro cycling fan, 
And there's something when the guys come around for the Tour de France that they peak and they only peak for that specific moment um, for, for that for that month of riding. And I think Dallas did that. I think they just peaked at the right time. So granted, I, I would have expected the series to go longer, but Dallas is just – there's something about them. They've got an aura about them and just the way they're playing. But um, but beyond that, I, as, as far as what, what Vegas can do – um, you got to first figure out the, the goalie situation. And I've heard rumors now about them buying out Mark Andre Fleury or, um, I, which I hope they don't do. I'd like to be able to, to see them get out from under a contract of $7 million a year without any, uh, buyout penalties. Um, so it's highly likely that Mark Andre Fleury moves on to another team and they're going to sign Robin Leonard to that contract. So however much that contract is worth will be very interesting. We've heard it's, it's uh, I think it's 5.5 or 5 million a year over five years. Um, maybe not over five years, but by five years. Um, so, but their current cap situation right now, their cap space is, is 4.9 million. That is not a lot of room to work with. So, there's been speculation that Paul Stastny could be one of those guys that's moved. He's got one more year left on his contract. Next year, he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, you got guys like Nick Cousins, uh, Thomas Nosek, Chandler Stephenson. Those guys are either restricted or unrestricted. Um, so you might be able to save some money by not signing them and dipping into your, your prospects like Jack Dugan and Peyton Krebs, um, bringing them up. Uh, Dugan's 22. He's most likely going to find a, a, a spot on that roster. Um, I think he's their most coveted prospect. Um, so highly likely he finds a spot on that NHL roster. And Peyton Krebs, uh, I also feel like it is going to make a jump there too. Cody Glass could be one of those guys that could fill in for one of those three I just said. Um, so you, you have you have some conceivable players that could fill in at a much cheaper price in order to free up cap space. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to have to move a guy like Paul Stastny. Um, I honestly, it would not shock me if they move somebody like William Carlson or, um, or uh, Riley, Riley Smith or a Marcia. So one of those three guys, I'm not saying all of them, but they got big cap hicks. Uh, Carlson's 5.9 and both Riley and Marcia. So are at 5 million. Um, that's a lot of money you could free up to bring somebody in on your defensive core, which was kind of exposed throughout the playoffs in order to help out uh, Theodore and Schmidt. So uh, the rumors are definitely Picarangelo coming to Vegas. We don't know. The one that makes most sense to me is a one-year $10 million that I've heard um, just to kind of put all your chips in the middle and go all in. But there are other options that they could pursue that would conceive. I think we lost uh, you there, Zach. Oh, we lost you for you a minute. Okay. Yeah, you're back. We're, you're back. Okay. Okay, perfect. So Dustin Bufflin could, is a guy who doesn't have a team. He's a little bit older. He's 35. He didn't play this year. Um, so I don't really think that could work. But uh, another name that's kind of tied to Picarangelo is Tori Krug. Um, I think they're going to have to really pay him a lot of money, though, 
um, because I think he wants to settle in. He's won a cup with Boston, I believe. Um, but there's also there's also rumors about him wanting to go to Detroit. So that I'm I'm pretty sure he's from Detroit. So that would be an interesting one. So you're just trying to fill out that defense that was exposed a little bit, depending on how it works out. TJ Brody is a, is an unrestricted free agent from Calgary. He's a good defensive and that could work out because um, I know they still want to stay fairly young. Tyson Berry, um, ah, that's a hard one because you you ride his highs and when he's low, he's low, you know. Oh yeah. So, um, Justin Schultz, I don't know. They may that might be something they can look into, but I still don't think that's going to really fix their their what they're trying to go after. So, um, you look at the list of defensemen that they could go after, and there's there's a good chunk of them, but you just got to make the numbers work. And I don't know. It'll be very interesting if they could get Picarangelo's numbers to work, and what the what the term is on that well let, let me let me throw devil's advocate out there because that's what i like to do when you put your gm hat on but um just being around the the vegas golden knights like i've been for the past three or four years or so a couple of things that that i've said from the very inception i said if there's a player that doesn't want to take a hometown discount if you will to play in vegas i want to know who it is because everybody wants to play for that organization they want to live in vegas they want they want everything that goes with that so that that's one thing to consider um the other sure. thing you're 100 correct i said uh the beginning of the season and into the playoffs i said um if there's a weak link in the vegas golden knights it could be on the defensive core i thought they did a nice job by getting alec martinez at the trade deadline to uh to shore things up i thought he's a fantastic partner with shea theodore I thought Zach Whitecloud made a huge jump, uh, maybe more than anybody expected from an undrafted um, rookie, basically. Uh, we, we all know that they're going to have to do something with this goaltending situation because it, it's it's tough, right? You'd love to have them both, but the, the, the dollars don't make a lot of sense, and you got to start thinking about the future. Uh, with Mark andre getting a little bit older, it's hard because there's so many emotional ties, and when you're a young franchise, those emotional ties are important as well. Uh, and then you talked about the offensive guys, and Jack Dugan, um, Peyton Krebs, uh, Cody Glass, still a young kid. Um, they really want Cody Glass to take that step. Uh, they believe, I think, that Jack Dugan can take that step. And the wild card in that is Peyton Krebs, because he, when they drafted him, he had a uh, Achilles <laughs> tear, and was rehabbing. Uh, so they really don't know for sure what they have in Peyton Krebs, I believe. They, they, they brought him with and into the bubble to, to give him the environment um, and stuff like that. But Cody Glass was unavailable to play throughout the playoffs, so he wasn't uh, able to even absorb any of that really within the group. So, so many things that are going on. One thing we do know, and I want to lead you into this, are the draft picks because I thought you did a good job putting this together too and, and possibilities that could happen. But don't be surprised about anything that happens in Vegas. I'll tell you that right now. They have the money. They have the ability to move things around. They have uh, some really high-end um, hockey minds when you talk about Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee. And the final thing I'll throw out there about Vegas and just exactly – how Vegas is in the hockey world. 
Derek Anglin had an opportunity at the trade deadline to go to a team that was going to use him. And uh, the Golden Knights told him that they were not going to be using him. And uh, he had an option to, to go. He chose not to. He chose to stay and work with the development of the younger guys. And I think he's got aspirations of being a coach. I think he'd be a great coach down the road. So there's just another example of um, once it gets in your blood. Uh, one final thing when you talked a little bit about uh, Riley Smith and Marsha So and, and William Carlson, um, all three of them signed deals because they love Vegas. Uh, yeah. Riley Smith, I think, is the one that would stay uh, out of the other two. I, I don't think either one of them are going to go, but, you know, who knows? I mean, you, you see how things go, but uh, I'll be the first one to say that I don't think Marsha So and Carlson had uh, anywhere near their capabilities during the playoffs. I think they have a lot that they could do better. So um, we'll see what happens. But like I said, when when they were on with the uh, the media on their Zoom call, um, almost everybody that was there to a man said, we felt like we let one get away. We had a really good team, probably the best team. A lot of them said it was the best team they'd ever been on and uh, didn't get their chance to play for the Cup. So maybe it was another learning experience, if you want to say that. But, um, you know, you can only learn for so long, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I, honestly, I think they're in that window of of you got to – you got to win. You're, you're almost in that win now mode. Um, and I mean, I agree with you, Carl, you think about Carlson Smith and Marsha show leaving. That's like, that's, that's pretty extremist, but I also know that Carlson's got a big deal and I don't know necessarily if his performance is reflecting the, the money right now. And I feel like if you can move that, open up space to fill in your defense and maybe find, um, find another player in return or find somebody through unrestricted free agency, which I'm looking at the list and there are some that can really, that can, that can save you money and, and really perform well. Um, I think it's conceivable. I, I don't think let, it's let, out of the question. Let, let me jump into this, though, real quick. There, there's a couple of things that, that Carlson has going for him that solidifies his spot. Number one, he's a big center, really good on the faceoffs. Okay, True. Number, number two, he's extremely uh, good as a penalty killer. Uh, so is Riley Smith. So if you're going to go through those three and go, which one is the odd man out? And I love this kid. I love Jonathan Marshall more than probably anybody else in that team. Uh, with the exception of Shea Theodore, but um, uh, Jonathan Marshall might be the odd man out if you have to do a move because I don't think, you know, big, strong centers that can win draws and, and play uh, on the penalty kill like Carlson are hard to come by. Yeah, if you, have one, if you have one, you don't want to lose it, right? Exactly. <laughs> and if you're thinking about moving Paul Stashney, who is a face-off, he's a face-off machine, then yeah, yes. you gotta you gotta have the ability to put somebody out there on a penalty kill or a power play who you have confidence that's gonna win that face off to put a puck on a net. So it's a hard one, and yeah, it, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but Marshall is is kind of the odd duck out of those three if they decide to move it. But again, I don't think um, I don't think McCrimmon's gonna hang up the phone if someone calls to ask what it what it'll take to get him. So. Um, because I, I think 
I think they're in a win now mode. So it'll be very interesting and you could see them moving some picks in order to get um, some negotiation rights. If they move a pick for Picarangelo, then you know he's going to sign and you know they got the numbers right and it'll be interesting. So it's going to be a really good off season for, for Vegas because I feel like, um, I feel like they're, they're going to make some moves to get better. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do because they're a team that that's worth, that's worth seeing. And I know, I know when I sent you and Paul, the, uh, the picture of Pickerangelo, <laughs> the, the rumor of, of him coming to Vegas, I, I had told you guys in our group chat that I picked the abs and the Islanders in the cup next year. And I asked if I could change, Change it if Alex comes to, to Vegas and Paul said no. So, <laughs> right. so we'll yeah, see. I saw that. <laughs> okay, so the other thing with with Vegas is, and I know you mentioned the window, and we always talk about that uh, in professional hockey. There's always a window, right? But one thing I've seen from Vegas from day one is that um, th- that term, a window of opportunity, does not fit with Bill Foley. Uh, you saw that from year one. Uh, he he wasn't going to put a team out there that just was developing, right? So if there's a way, there's definitely a will, and he will find a way to uh, to keep putting a very strong team out there. I mean, he he wants – if it were up to him, and I'm not saying other GMs or other teams don't, but Bill Foley wants to win multiple cups, not just one. So, uh, and George McPhee is on the same page. I know that Kellen McCrimmon's on the same page. And, uh, you know, Pete DeBoer's on the same page. It's just a matter of making everything work. I think the little bit of chink in the armor on this whole deal, uh, Zach, was uh, Robin Leonard was outstanding, right? And I told you uh, the start of the playoffs, uh, I think I said at least once, that uh, when I watched the, the camp leading up to the playoffs, I thought that Robin Leonard was going to be the guy just because when I looked at Pete DeBoer looking at him, he was seeing a guy that had very few moving parts, was very big, um, very composed, very non-emotional. And then when you look at Mark Andre, who's also a great goaltender, he has a lot of moving parts. He has to. He's smaller, right? So he's got a lot of moving parts, and he's a very emotional player. I mean, he wears all of his emotions on his sleeve, uh, not not necessarily in a bad way, but he's very emotional. And I think Pete DeBoer kind of fell in love with that that mode of big, strong, non-emotional, a lot, lot less moving parts. And for the most part, that's the way Robin Leonard played. It wasn't goaltending that knocked the Golden Knights out. It was scoring. Yeah, and and – and I think, like I said, that was a matchup thing. Dallas just somehow peaked at the right moment and figured out um, how to shut teams down that traditionally put a lot of pucks in the net. And I think it's also there's a large psychology portion to this to these playoffs as well. I think we we definitely talked about it in the fact of you know the veterans who are very highly likely to have a wife and kids who they're not going to see for a very long time, as long as they keep winning. And then there's the rookies who come in and say, well, they bring their video games and they just want to, they play video games and they're having lunch and playing hockey. It's the time of their lives. It's paradise. And then you got guys who are like Dallas where it's an older team and it's look, we got one more run at this thing. We're going to do whatever it takes. Um, 
and we'll spend times with our family afterwards when we're celebrating with the cup. So um, I think Dallas really had that psychology portion of it not like really squared away. And I think Vegas did get tired, but um, yeah, I, and I don't even know what your original but, question you know, was. Yeah. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, but you went off on a good tangent, and I'll tell you why. Is I think what you're telling me is the Vegas Golden Knights kind of got caught as a tweener, we'd say, because yeah. the, the you look at the teams, the younger teams like the uh, the the Colorado Avalanche and the Vancouver Canucks with younger players, like you just mentioned, they they were in their mode, right? And then you yeah. looked at like the Golden Knights, they don't have guys that were going like, okay, this is our last shot. They were thinking, this is a shot. This is a good team. We're younger, but not young. And and then you look at Dallas, and you have to look at Corey Perry, Joe Pavelski, uh, Tyler Segan. Uh, you have to go down the list at the number of guys, um, Jamie Benn, uh, that were looking at how many more years are we going to get a shot at this especially when you look at Colorado and you look at Vancouver and you look at the Golden Knights and you look at Winnipeg and St. Louis and all these teams that seem to be around um, every year. I mean, that everything went right for Dallas, if you will, getting through everything. So I think you're right. I think they had that mindset. And uh, I think Vegas got caught as a tweener. They, were, they weren't the young guys and they weren't the old guys. They were just stuck in the middle and I think that's why when we saw the uh, the press conference, I think you saw a lot of guys that were frustrated uh, with the fact that it was over and they let it get away. And uh, so I, I think you'll see them come back uh, faster, stronger, bigger, better, uh, and be a force like they always are. Um, I want you to go through the draft picks in just a second. Uh, I will say also, though, that this is a really odd year, not as the fact that the, the Stanley Cup is being played when the next year should be starting, but this is going to be a really short off season. I mean, we got a draft coming up here, October sixth and seventh. We don't even know who the teams are going to draft or pick or anything. Uh, now you got to bring them into a camp. Um, you got to fill out your AHL roster and your NHL roster, and you got to get things started. And the rumor right now has been that they're pushing it back to maybe a January start. And most of that, I think, Zach, is because they'd like to try to get some fans. Um, every professional team right now is looking at the NFL and they're going like, okay, um, the Cardinals made an announcement this year that the first two home games, they would not have fans. Other teams like Kansas city had 25% fans. So they're looking to see what these numbers look like uh, in COVID uh, with and without fans. And ultimately that's what they're after. And I think that's what the NHL is looking at is like, you know, can we get 25%? Can we get 50%? How many fans can we get in? Because, come on, I mean, we know the money is in TV, but the money is also in the fans of having the fan support and, and having your home buildings at least partially full. Yeah, and that's why I was just so confused when all these, you know, everybody was coming out and saying, we're not playing any fall sports. We're not doing any of this. It's like you can just slow your row here, you know? So – and I, I fully support uh, the uh, the NFL uh, bringing fans back because I think it's definitely a spectator sport, and that definitely plays uh, plays a factor in it. And I think the NHL is waiting for that time, and I am I am totally fine with that. You know, let let's get some revenue going, let's get people back 
to their jobs at the rinks. Um, I think that's the best thing to do. So if it takes them another month to get going, cool. Let's do that. Let's give these guys some rest. Let's give them some some therapy because I'm sure they're going to be mentally destroyed after this. Um, get them on a vacation. Let them relax. Let these rookies come in. Get their NHL feet going. So um, I think that would be a good move. Um, and I, I, as long as we have hockey, um, you're not really going to hear any kind of debate from me. I hear you. Let's take another quick break. Let's come back and let you uh, break down the the picks that the Vegas Golden Knights have in uh, two minutes, okay? At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Free game like a pro, post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. All right, we're back. Another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Bondran from uh, Chandler, Arizona. We are talking NHL hockey. Zach, we, uh, right before the break, I, I left you hanging uh, to talk a little bit about the picks that the Vegas Golden Knights have. Uh, polar opposite to the Arizona Coyotes we talked about last week with uh, really no picks. Uh, Vegas is pretty well set up, aren't they? Yeah, so they're going to have – they have their first-round pick, and they have their first-round pick all the way – You know, they, they've got it for the next three years, which I think is really important because those are pieces that you can you – can, you can chip, you can turn them into poker chips and, and send them off if you have to. They don't have a second-round pick this year. However, they do have a, a, 
uh, two thirds this year, which is their original and one from from the Devils. Um, so so let me jump have- into that real quick because that that means that as they sit right now, the Vegas Golden Knights have picked number twenty nine, sixty eight, and ninety one. Correct? Yes, that's correct. So so three of the first. 91 players in what we are calling a deep draft. Is that fair? Yeah, it's a very deep draft. So there's a high chance that they get some very good players that can help them out within cap situations like they're in now uh, in a few years down the road to have really high talented players who are making, you know, not those all-star salaries just yet. Okay, that they got a sixth round pick and a seventh round pick, which you never know. Um, sometimes those materialize, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're used as as bartering tools as well. Um, give us some thoughts on on what you think the the Vegas Golden Knights will be looking at uh, in draft picks. What, what what are they what are they trying to find? Um, I mean, if you look down in their system, um, I think they're going to be looking to try and find some defensemen. Um, I mean, considering that they, they're, they're known as a very good scoring team. And I think they, they've got some, some prospects that's going to be coming in that are going to be able to, to, to keep that going like Krebs and Dugan and glass. Um, you still have guys like stone. Who's got a good contract. Pacioretty's there for at least another three years. So I, I would, it wouldn't shock me if they go for some defensemen, um, they may go two defensemen in the third round. They may go one defenseman in the first round. Um, honestly, when it comes to draft and trying to do a mock draft, it is so challenging because you don't fully know what teams needs are, um, and what they see in a player. Um, so I don't have a particular name for you. But it also wouldn't shock me if Vegas tries and goes for a goaltender uh, with one of those uh, third-round picks. Or if they found somebody they really like and they don't think he's going to be there in the third round, maybe they package those picks or or picks later on next year to try and move up into that second round because uh, it's going to be a very deep draft. And I think you know we all look at the first round, you know, who's going to be in the first round, but – just because you're in the first round doesn't mean you're going to pan out. Uh, I feel like a lot of these superstars come out of the second and third round um, because, you know, you got kids from college that are going to pan out. I think Dugan, and I'm I, don't quote me on this, I think Dugan may have been a fourth or fifth round pick. I believe um, fifth. Yeah, so, I mean, this kid is like their, yeah, drafted fifth round, 142nd overall. And this kid is their most coveted. Uh, uh, prospect right now. So just because you're in the first round does not mean that that you are going to be uh, uh, a superstar. And this is where I think the Coyotes giving a little light to some of the Coyotes fans is Bill Armstrong. Or yes, Bill. You're right. I got Bill Armstrong. Up. Yep. I got screwed up <laughs> between me and Scott. I got screwed up. I called him Doug earlier this week, and we got all messed up. Bill Armstrong. This is something I think the the Coyotes fans can find faith in. Is that as he was very, very heavily involved in the prospect scouting um, for the Blues. And as you can see, like, they've developed a lot of good players. So um, now he doesn't have the picks that he he really would want, but he does have those chips to kind of trade in and try and get back into the rounds. But um, 
you don't always find your your best player in the first round. Zetterberg, Hendrik Zetterberg, a Hall of Famer, was a seventh round pick. So you just never know. Um, and I think that's going to be a really interesting part to see if they, yeah, if what they do because the fourth and fifth round they don't have. Maybe try and move back, moving forward. You know, it, it's very important, and they're in that window right now where they have all these players. But you also have to. You also have to think of the future. So those first round picks and the second round, third rounds, I think are the most coveted because there's a higher chance, but Dugan proved that being a fifth round pick doesn't mean anything. If you have the work ethic and, and you can put in the work and you have some talent that you can develop and be a really good player. So um, I think they try and fill out some defensive prospects. I, I feel like they try and, they try and uh, reload in their goaltending scenario in their goaltending, um, category so uh, and of course they're going to take some offense because they have that they have that prowess of being a highly scoring team so it'll be very interesting to see what what people in front of them do the devils are going to have a higher pick and they have their second round pick next year and their third round pick this year so um they're set up pretty well I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they do yeah that that was the point i was gonna to to bring up is that the uh, the golden knights because of their success are picking towards the end of each round. I mean, 29 in the first round. Uh, that means there's 28 guys that are going to go first. So uh, they have to look at their board very closely and see who they have rated uh, above their top 29 and uh, who's there and who isn't. Uh, they're also going to look and see who, who goes different places. And uh, then we have uh, coming up next year, we've got the expansion draft and the new Seattle Kraken coming in. Of course, the Golden Knights are exempt from having anybody selected from that, but that might be uh, something that they look to see uh, what they can do around that as well. So a lot of moving parts, but one thing I think we can say for sure is that the Vegas Golden Knights are in good hands. Uh, George McPhee's done a fantastic job, and when he turned over the quote-unquote reins to uh, Kelly McCrimmon, um, he, you know, he left him in a really good position. So... Uh, the one thing that the Golden Knights, I think, have to continue to work on, and I think they've already done some work on that, is uh, they, they tend to be a bit secretive, and uh, sometimes that can get them in trouble uh, publicly in the media and uh, in front of their fans. So they, they walk a fine line over finding a really, good, a really good roster on the ice, but yet keeping everybody happy and keeping their fan base happy. And uh, you know, one thing in Vegas, because they're so new, um, that fan base is important to them. And uh, I'm sure that in the back of their heads, they're they're thinking about that as well. So lots of good stuff. Like I said, next week we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I know that's your wheelhouse. That's a team that you like. Uh, we're happy to have them on board as coverage. If you're not following us, you should be, because we're going to add the Avalanche and the, uh, the Colorado Eagles and the AHL and uh, – talking more and more professional hockey. So just some final thoughts on uh, on Vegas and, and where we're headed as a group. Um, well, as a group, I'm really excited. Um, when I was putting that graphic together, I know Minnesota is kind of known as the state of hockey, but I had one heck of a time trying to fit in all those logos in the state of Colorado. <laughs> so exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of really exciting things on the horizon for us. Um, I think the the things that I'm most excited about is definitely the prospect of, of seeing um, all the Colorado teams getting a lot more 
um, in depth on what they uh, what they do and, and and seeing them more, and then the Seattle Kraken, the um, the AHL franchise, because I think uh, I think that's going to be a really a really cool uh, atmosphere is in Palm Springs, and I drove through there um, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I saw and I and I looked, I, I took a deeper look rather than just seeing the windmills and I, and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, this is definitely a city that, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and it won't be, it, honestly, it will not shock me if it's something having to do with wind. Um, I mean, it, it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't shock me. It's so windy out there, but anyways, um, if that team name is, that's what I'm t- talking about. But, um, I, I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's really exciting. Um, it shows the expansion is, is in, in this half of the, of the United States is really happening. Um, so those are the things that I'm most excited about. And as far as the golden Knights, um, you had alluded to it, uh, that the expansion draft, they're exempt from it. And we had talked about it on last week's show. I'm pretty sure that, um, these teams are not going to, uh, approach it the same way they did with Vegas. Um, I think everybody thought, yeah, yeah, these guys, okay, you get William Carlson, fine, whatever, you can have him. Um, it's not that they don't value him, but they're like, okay, you know, we're that's not cutting us so deep. Whereas these teams now are going to be very, very strategic, and all these franchises are going to be losing a piece of their organization, and Vegas isn't. And that's when I look to see if <laughs> right. they don't win next year look for the following year for them to really put the throttle down because they're going to have all their depth. People are going to be missing somebody. They're going to have a rookie filling in for a veteran, whatever the situation is. But um, over the next two years, depending on the, how the offseason goes this year, it'll be interesting to see, see what happens next year. But the following year, I think, is there – if they don't win it that following year, I think you can look at that season and say it was a major bust – if everyone stays healthy and if you find all the right players and keep your core together because you don't lose anybody, you're not losing a professional roster player. Everyone else is. So let me um, piggyback on that real quick. I know we're just about out of time, but let me piggyback on that because I think that's where Robin Leonard comes into the picture in a better focus, right? I mean, a lot of people right now are emotional about Marc-Andre Fleury and the fact that um, he's getting snubbed or not treated well or, whatever it might be. But if you're looking like you just said, two years down the road, um, Mark andre is going to be getting up there in age in two years. And you're probably going to prefer to have a Robin Leonard and a, and a really solid backup uh, t- to win in two years. Uh, no doubt yeah. about that. The other thing I want to piggyback on a little bit is that you, you talked about that expansion draft and uh, George McPhee, uh, for lack of a better term, fleeced a lot of teams because he was able to get not only players but draft picks. And when he did that, uh, he would, you know, and you mentioned it last week, he, he would tell teams, okay, I won't take so-and-so if you give me this guy and uh, two picks. And then he went to another team. He said, I won't take so-and-so, but you got to give me this guy and a pick. And uh, somehow, some way, I think teams are going to be smarter this time around and, and try to do a little bit more protecting because those picks became valuable as far as, you know, moving them to pick up other players, proven players that were a big part of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Yeah, no, he he uh, he GM'd the crap out of that. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be GM. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and like I said, I, I don't think the franchises this year are going to – or the year of that expansion draft are going to come at it the same way. They're going to they're gonna play hardball because they don't want to deal with another Vegas Golden Knights. They don't want another team that's so powerful. So, Seattle's going to get kind of the short end of the stick, but um, hopefully – um that's not the scenario and they come out swinging just like vegas did because i would love to see uh seattle and vegas in the western conference finals so we'll see what happens <laughs> very well very well said I, I will say about your graphic you riled up a bunch of people because i know what you meant with the seattle kraken and the ahl coming to palm springs but uh, i got some messages people going like you guys are going to cover the kraken too you can't cover the kraken if you do that what about the what about the teams in California? So I know where you're headed oh on my. that. There's I love slash. It. I love it. Ah, I love it. I love it. I saw, I saw the slash, and there's no <laughs> there's no logo yet for that team in Palm Springs. Uh, so we'll see what happens. It might be a windmill, like you said. Who knows? <laughs> I'm telling you. Maybe I'll just make one, and we'll say that's it, and I'll just buy it. Absolutely. All right, my friend, take it away with the with the read, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein of the Peacemakers and De Niro, and not to, to uh, forget to join us uh, tomorrow for College Hockey Southwest Weekly and Wednesday for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly as well. Take it away. All right, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giants, the presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you. To see a top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms in the accordance with the CDC guidelines are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, see Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at one 702 541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy Summer Skates. Our line of shower shoes can show off your fandom or team unity with custom designs. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the Mask, it's time to get back to hockey. For all your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations or go to behindthemask.com. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Find the bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy M-Drive. Go to M-Drive4Men.com and use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. Buy the Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler. See our website for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all our Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Absolutely. Well done, my friend. Uh, we will be back next Monday. We also have a Sunday night show, uh, the Pandemic Playoff Podcast, and who knows, Next Sunday night, we could be talking about a new 2020 Stanley Cup champion. Uh, we'll see what happens along the way. In the meantime, uh, keep tuning in. Check out the website, icetimehockeysw.com. And, uh, of course, all of our social media spots at icetimesw. 
So for uh, Zach Bondurant, Scott Serrani saying good night from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and Chandler, Arizona, if you will, on another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Have a good night. Yeah.